In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Let us read some verses from the book of Amos, chapter 8, starting from verse 11. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord God, that I will send a famine on the land, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. They shall wander from sea to sea, and from north and from north to east, they shall run to and fro, seeking the word of God, but shall not find it. In that day, the fair virgins and strong young men shall faint from thirst. Those who swear by the sin of Samaria, who say, As your God lives, O Dan, and as the way of Beersheba lives, they shall fall and never rise again. Glory to the Holy Trinity, now and forever, and on the edge of the edges. Amen. There was actually a farmer and a shepherd called by God to be a prophet around year 750 before Christ and his name was Amos and his mission was to warn Israel of the coming judgment of God if they did not repent unfortunately the nation did not heed the call to repent and as a result the nation was taken to Assyria and this was the Assyrian captivity and part of the prophecy of Amos the part that we read in chapter 8 from verse 11 to 14 speaks about unusual famine usually when we word the word famine means people are looking for bread for food for water and they did not find it but here as we read in verse 11 the days are coming says the Lord that I will send a famine on the land not a famine of bread nor a thirst for water but of hearing the words of the Lord they will not find anyone who can speak the word of God the prophets will disappear the scribes and the people who teach the law will disappear people will be hungry to hear the word of God but they will not find anyone and they shall wander from sea to sea from north to east 
they shall run to and fro seeking the word of God but shall not find it and because of this as a result of this verse 13 the fair virgins and strong young men shall faint from thirst thirst to the word of God and those who swear by the sin of Samaria who says as your God lives Udan and those and as the way of Bersheba lives they shall fall and never rise again today also there is a famine for the word of God but the famine today is different than the one during the time of Amos how it is different it is different because the present famine of the, for the word of God is not sent by God like during the times of Amos on the contrary God now actually provided his word in a plenty, plentiful way there is abundance of Bibles there is abundance of commentary now you can have the scripture different versions different languages if you want to study even in the original text you can find it like the interlinear Bible and there are many commentaries early church fathers Coptic commentators so I don't say I don't think that we can say God sent a famine for the world right now actually all of us we enjoy free access to the word of God and the commentary all of us and I I don't think it happened before in the history of humanity that people have a free access to the word of God like nowadays so what what is the cause of the famine today it is self-imposed we imposed it on ourselves although the Bible is actually available and the word of God is very very available but we impose this famine on ourselves but there are similarities between the famine during the time of Amos and during our personal time present time so what are the reasons behind this famine during the time of Amos and we will find the same reasons are the cause of the famine self-imposed one during our contemporary time there are three reasons three reasons number one the material luxury material luxury and the material luxury 
We can read about it during the time of Amos in chapter 6, starting from verse 1 to 8. Woe to you who are at ease in Zion, at ease in Zion, living luxurious life, and to trust in Mount Samaria instead of trusting in the true God. Notable persons <coughs> in the chief nation to whom the house of Israel comes. So they are living luxurious life. They trust in false gods and also they trust people, notable persons in the chief nations. Verse 3 Woe to you who put afar the day of doom, who cause the seat of violence to come near. They don't want to think about the coming of the Lord, the day of the doom, when he comes to judge the world. But they live in violence. They oppress the poor and the needy. And verse 4 speaks about their luxurious life. Who lie on beds of ivory, stretch out on your couches, eat lambs from the flock, and calves from the midst of the stool. So, this describes how they were living luxurious life, lying on beds of ivory and also eating the best food. Also, they spent their times in parties, ungodly parties, like verse 5, who sing idly to the sound of stringent instruments and invent for yourselves musical instruments like David, who drink wine from bowls and anoint yourself with the best ointments, best perfumes, but are not grieved for the affliction of Joseph. They are not grieved for their sins and the captivity that will happen to their nation because of their sins. Therefore, they shall now go captive at the first of the captives. So these people who lived luxurious life, they will go captive at the first captives. And those who recline at banquets shall be removed. The Lord God has sworn by himself. The Lord God of hosts says, I abhor the pride of Jacob and hate his palaces. Therefore, I will deliver up the city and all that is in it. So, you can see here how the luxurious life made them put, put afar off the day of the doom. They did not want to think about the future. And love of money and love of pleasure, love of luxurious life, takes the person away from God. 
And this was the warning of God to the children of Israel when they left Egypt and went to the promised land. In Deuteronomy 8, from verse 11 to 14, the Lord told them, Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments, his judgment, and his statutes, which I command you today, lest when you have eaten and are full and have built beautiful houses and dwell in them, when your herds and your flocks multiply and your silver and your gold are multiplied and all that you have is multiplied, when your heart is lifted up, you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. So that actually warned them. And he told them in verse 17, Deuteronomy 8, 17, Then you say in your heart, My power and the might of my hand have gained me this wealth. Even in the New Testament, the Lord Jesus Christ warned us that love of pleasure and love of riches can choke the person and choke the world. As we read in the parable of the sower, the Lord said, Now the ones that fell among thorns are those who when they have heard go out and it choked with cares, riches, and pleasures of life and bring no fruit to maturity. So this was the time of Amos. But what about our present time? Many people nowadays, because they search for the wealth, forget about God and Others who fill their time enjoying their luxury, they have no time for the word of God. They have no time to read or to worship. So the material luxury can be a cause of the self-imposed famine. Actually, nothing wrong in being rich. But what is wrong is actually when you trust in these riches and you love the money and you love luxury and you love pleasure and make the love of pleasure and love of luxury is your goal. The second cause of the famine during the time of Amos is moral corruption. Moral corruption. As we read in Amos chapter 2, verse 6 and 7. Thus says the Lord, for the three transgressions of Israel and for and for four, I will not turn away its punishment because they sell the righteous with silver 
and the poor for a pair of sandals. This shows you the moral corruption. Because of pride, because of some money, they actually testify and bear false witness in the court against the righteous, as if they are selling the righteous for silver and the poor for a pair of sandals. Verse 7, they pant after the dust of the earth which is on the head of the poor and pervert the way of the humble. A man and his father go into the same girl, this moral corruption, to defile, to defile my holy name. To defile my holy name. So, you can see how corrupt the people had become in the days of Amos. And who can deny that moral corruption have also its effect on us today? Many of us want to apply the standards of the world to be our own standards or the standards of the church. And when this happens, people will not feed them themselves on the word of God because the word of God will make them uncomfortable because the word of God will reveal our true selves so we take the standards of the world to be our own standards we don't follow the word of God for example in divorce we don't follow the word of God. We follow the standards of the world. In many other things, like dating, having boyfriend or girlfriend, drinking. Now, actually, the gospel is the social uh, network. Whatever the social network preaches, this is what's right not whatever the word of God preaches so we are imposing this famine on us because we don't want to follow the word of God anymore we want to follow the standards of the world the third reason so the first reason is the material luxury second reason moral corruption third reason religious corruption religious corruption uh, in Amos chapter 8 from verse 4 to verse 10 hear this you who swallow up the needy and make the poor of the land fail, saying, When will the new moon be past that we may sell grain? Meaning what? The new moon is a feast, a Jewish feast. And during this feast, it is day off according to the law. So 
they cannot wait until the holy days pass by in order to sell, to sell grain. When will the, the Sabbath passed that we may trade wheat? Making the ephah small and the shekel large, falsifying the scales by deceit. So they are not even honest in their scales. That we may buy the poor for silver and the needy for a pair of sandals, even sell the bad wheat. Even sell the bad wheat. So here we can see the people of Israel could not wait for religious days to be over in order actually to go to their work and their business. Nowadays, many people don't come to the church on the day of the Lord. Many people actually, they are busy, and at least at the time of Amos, they waited until the day over, but they were eager when the day will, will, will be passed. But now people don't actually pay attention. They work, they go to their business on the day of the Lord. And sometimes when we come to the church or services, we cannot wait until the service to be over. So we can actually have social hour together or talk or have fun together. That's why some people cannot stand to stay in the church two or three hours. And they leave in the middle of the church to talk and then come back and go outside to chat and come back. That's religious corruption. Some people are unwilling to spend time in sincere worship, whether in their houses or here in the church. So it is easy to see why we don't have time to feed our souls and spirits on the Word of God. We don't have time for the Word of God. So now we imposed on ourselves this family. So, these are three reasons. Material luxury, moral corruption, and religious corruption. And the results of the famine during the time of Amos is similar to the results in our contemporary time. As we read in Amos chapter 8, verse 13 and 14, the young people faint from thirst, and others falling and not rising again. And actually, this is the case of many Christians. Many of us are suffering from spiritual malnutrition because the lack of spiritual food And as a result, we are easily overcome by temptation. We are not strong like Joseph, who said, how can I commit this great wickedness 
and sin against the Lord God. You know why? Because our spiritual immunity is very low. We are not fed well on the word of God. We have spiritual malnutrition. Also, not only we fall into temptation, but the trials of the life put us under a lot of stress. See how many people seek professional help and seek uh, psychiatrists and counselors because they cannot deal with the stress and anxiety. Many people suffer from panic attacks. Unfortunately, some people commit suicide. You know why? Because we don't have this spiritual immunity that strengthens us to face the common trials of life. Many people, because they don't know the truth in the scripture, they are falling away and become atheists. Many people, especially young people, lose interest in the church. And the behavior of many, many Christians are not consistent with the teaching of the scripture. You know, in order to resist these temptations and to overcome the trials, you need two elements. One element is faith and trust in God. And the other element is the fear of God. When you have trust in God, strong confidence in Him, and also you walk in the fear of God, you can overcome the temptations, and you can overcome the trials. And these two things actually, we gain them through the word of God. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13, no temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is, is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond your ability, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. And the fear of God, we read in Proverbs 16, verse 6, In mercy, in mercy and truth, atonement is provided for iniquity, and by the fear of the Lord, one departs from evil. By the fear of the Lord, one departs from evil. When we read the Bible and we feed ourselves with the word of God, then we will have this confidence in God and the fear of God. As we read in in Romans chapter 10, verse 17, faith, trust, confidence comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. In Deuteronomy 17, verse 18, And it shall be when he sits on the throne of his kingdom, he shall write for himself a copy of this law in a book, from the one before the priests, the Levites, 
and it shall be with him and he shall read it all the days of his life that he may learn to fear the Lord that he may learn to fear the Lord so the word of God will teach me to fear the Lord the same meaning also in Deuteronomy 31 verse 10 and Moses commanded them saying at the end of every seven years at the appointed time in the year of release at the feast of tabernacles when all Israel comes to appear before the Lord your God in the place which he chooses you shall read this law you shall read this law before all people in their hearing gather the people together men and women little ones and the stranger who is within your gates that they may hear and that they may learn to fear the Lord your God and carefully observe all the words of this law. So, as I told you, in order to overcome the trials and the temptations, you need the faith and you need the fear of God. And these two things comes through reading the word of God. So, what are the practical ways to stop this famine, to end this famine, the famine for the word of God? Number one, we need to appreciate the word of God. We don't read it because we don't appreciate the power of the word of God. But let me tell you some points about the power of the word of God. Number one, how this world was created, the physical world, by the word of God. God said, let it be light. Then he created the light. So, the power of God, the the word of God has power to create. All this world was created by his word. Also, in the spiritual sense, the word of God has power to produce regeneration, to create the new man in us. How we sanctify the water of baptism? By the word of God. How actually the bread and wine change to the body and blood of Jesus Christ? By the word of God. So the word of God is powerful. The word of God is powerful. The word of God can create in you a new heart. Don't we pray and say, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew your spirit within me? It is through the word of God. God will create a new heart in me. Not only that, but the word of God has the power of sanctification. So has the power of creation and has the power of sanctification. In Psalm 19, from verse 7 to verse 11, 
David reflected on the word of God and said, The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making the wise simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgment of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them your servant is warned, and in keeping them there is good reward. So, that is the power of the Word of God. The Word of God actually can sanctify me. In his prayer uh, on Covenant Thursday, in John chapter 17, verse 17, the Lord prayed, Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. So he said, sanctify them by by the truth. What is the truth? Your word is the truth. Your word is the truth. So we can say, sanctify them by your word. So the word of God has the power of creation, has the power of sanctification. Also the word of God has the power of preservation. What will preserve you as pure? It is the power of the Word of God. One of the favorite verses for the youth in Psalm 119, verse 9. How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. So, we make our way straight, we purify our way, we cleanse our way by the word of God, by taking heed according to your word. Uh, in the book of Acts, chapter 20, St. Paul gave a uh, a lecture or a homily uh, to the bishops in Ephesus and he told them therefore take heed to yourself and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers overseer bishops to shepherd the church of God which he purchased with his own blood for I know this that after my departure savage wolves will come in among you not sparing the flock also from among yourselves men will rise up speaking perverse things to draw the disciples after themselves therefore watch and remember that for three years I did not cease to warn everyone night and day with tears now brethren I commend you to God and to the word of his grace I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up. So the word of God is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. 
I commend you to the word of God which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. So the word of God actually preserved me during the time of temptation. The, in Old Testament, the Lord mourned the people because they were destroyed for the lack of knowledge. As we read in Hosea chapter 4, verse 6, My people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, I will reject you from being priest for me. So, the word of God actually will preserve our life. Has power of creation, has power of sanctification, has power of preservation, and also has power of salvation and condemnation has power of salvation and condemnation. Uh, in James chapter 1 and verse 21, Therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. Is able to save your souls. Also, how we will be judged in the last day will be judged according to the word of God. As we read in John chapter 12, verse 48, He who rejects me and does not receive my word has that which judges him. The word that I have spoken will judge him in the last day. And why this is important? What are the standards that you are following? If you are following the standards of the world, then at the last day you will be in great trouble. But if you are following the standards of the word of God, then you will be safe in the last day because we will be judged according to the word of God. So if the word of God said this is wrong, even if the society around us say it is right, then if you believe it is right, you will be in great trouble. But if you follow the standard of the word of God, it is wrong, then it is wrong. We will be judged according to the word of God. So, to end this famine, number one, we need to appreciate the word of God. To know that the word of God has power of creation, power of sanctification, power of preservation, and power of salvation and condemnation. To end this famine, we need actually to feed, to nourish ourselves with the word of God. One of the beautiful verses in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2, Peter said, As newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. You know how the baby desires the, the, the pure milk? Pure milk, not adulterated, pure. So Peter told us, you need to have the desire for the word of God like 
the new baby's desire for milk. And as the pure the, the babies desire pure milk, you need to desire the pure word of God. Means the pure word in its interpretation as we received it from the early church fathers. That you may grow by it. Every day we have certain activities that we feel they are important. Like eating, going to work, sleeping. I'm sure everyone spent good time in sleep every time, every day, regardless how busy you are, you eat and you dedicate certain time to eat, etc. If you feel the importance of the Word of God, actually the Word of God should take priority even before eating and sleeping. Because as we value the daily nourishment of our bodies, our souls deserve more than this. Our souls should not deserve less than our bodies. We are created in the image of God and we are purchased by the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. And our souls are more valuable than the whole world together. In Matthew 16:26, the Lord said, What profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? So the Lord said, your soul is more precious than the whole world. If you, if you gain the whole world and you lose your own soul, then you did not gain anything. That's why taking care of your soul and nourishing your soul with the word of God should be actually number one priority every day and you can start with your spiritual father at least by one chapter a day and if you start reading one chapter a day you will finish the whole scripture in three days in three years But when you read the chapter, not just read it, read it and understand it. And as I said in the beginning, there are so many commentaries, Arabic and English, from our Coptic church and from early church fathers. So no excuse right now to say, I don't understand the scripture. I'm sure in your college you are studying more difficult material than the Word of God. So spend 20 minutes, 30 minutes in reading the chapter, understanding it. So read it, understand it, and then keep it in your heart 
memorize one verse or two verses every day. And after this, reflect on it, meditate on the word of God, and apply it in your life. So read it with your eye, understand it with your mind, keep it in your heart, reflect on it in your soul, and apply it in your life. It's very important to study the scripture and to understand it. And believe me, the most difficult step is the first step. But once you develop the habit of reading the Bible daily, then it will be easy. And if one day you missed reading the Bible, you will feel that there is something big you are missing. Uh, Also, take the word of God and pray with it. Pray with the word of God. If you are, or you, if you have problem with anger, for example, then you read some verses about anger, as Saint James said, "Let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger." You can reflect on this verse a little bit. How to be slow in anger? When actually I want to get angry and to lose my temper, how to use, what, what breaks I need to use to slow my anger? And then take this verse and turn it into prayer. And pray to God that help you to slow to speak, slow to anger, but swift to hear. We need to end this famine. We need to start keeping the word of God in our hearts. As David said, I have hid your word in my heart, lest I sin against you. The children of Israel, when they neglected the word of God, they were taken captives. And when we neglect the word of God, we actually will be taken captives by Satan in the land of sin. St. Paul said, let the word of God dwell richly in you. Let the word of God dwell richly in you. Let me conclude by the words that St. Paul said to the bishops in Ephesus, So now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. May the Lord help all of us to 
understand and to be motivated to read and be committed to study his word and to live by the word of God in all our life so that we can overcome the temptations and the trials that we are facing every day in our life. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.